The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Monday. Gary, welcome back. Huh? Oh, I was gone. I was here. You were gone. (laughs) Eric, welcome welcome back. back. Welcome back from what? (laughs) Did you you see me? I was like, what? I went to uh, uh, Davenport to uh, cover the Tim Scott town hall meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you told me. Okay. Tell the story because it was great because I I got a text from you and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, Eric's texting me. Yeah. I hope he's not sick or something. Yeah. No, no, no. Fine. Uh, Actually... Uh, I went to uh, Walcott, which is just down the road from Davenport, Iowa, so the Quad Cities area. Many of you may be uh, very familiar with it. Uh, but Iowa, of course, a big hot spot politically is where you're gearing up for 24. A lot of candidates going there. I went there, as I do every summer. Actually, that's where I was going 18 years ago when you and I were coming together as a team and – I called you or you called me. I was at the airport headed to Iowa. Uh, The Walcott Truckers Jamboree, Iowa 80 truck stop. Uh, You've probably seen it on the Travel Channel a million times. I don't know if they still have the Travel Channel. I haven't had cable in years. Um, But it's a a great organization and and a great uh, location for a huge truck show. Got to spend some time with America's truckers and, and some great folks. And so when you're in Iowa, in a primary season, and I kind of saw it, I, I felt that something might be going on when I checked in at the hotel. Uh, there were a lot of people like, you know, a lot of maintenance people moving around. I thought, okay, um, this is kind of different. And I thought, well, there must be something going on, some some kind of event. And it's a fairly new hotel. And so <laughs> I go through my day. Uh, head out to the event, uh, and then the next day, someone came up to me and said, hey, uh, did you go to the Tim Scott town hall meeting? Uh, <laughs> Senator Tim Scott had a town hall meeting, and I said, well, no. 
it was it, it was in your hotel and you didn't go? <laughs> and I said, well, no. In fact, I'm just learning that Tim Scott had a town hall meeting in my hotel. And when was that? And he said it was last night. It was yesterday evening. I said, I, no, I didn't. I, I think most of those are, are um, you know, you're, you kind of have to be not pre-screened, but you can't just walk in. Walk-ins welcome. There's nothing like a walk-ins welcome sign uh, outside. Um, it's one of those things that's kind of pre-planned, and so I didn't get an invite to it. Um, but uh, it was going on in the hotel, and then there was there was a lot of buzz about it the next day. But I texted you. I said, you know, the fact that I'm just learning about it now tells you how little buzz there was. Now, in conservative circles, and I wasn't there covering anything politically. So if I were, that would have been different. Um, but uh, I was covering something completely different. I was covering the the, uh, the truck show. And uh, not that there aren't conservatives out there, but it's not a political thing. And uh, I did talk to a couple of huge political movers and shakers, donors, Iowa people. These are these are people that have that are part of the big uh, Iowa donors and and. Uh, and GOP supporters and everything else. Uh, a number of them I know went. Uh, I don't know exactly what the turnout was. I don't know what, you know, the right now where the money is going. I know there's a lot of talk about DeSantis right now in Iowa. But honestly, depending on who you talk to, really, it's it, it could vary mm-hmm. from, you know, greatly. And, and so that was one of those anecdotal situations. Uh, you look at that that Trump in the polls, and he still has that that healthy lead. Uh, the story coming out of the New York Times over the weekend uh, that they made it sound like DeSantis is about to close shop because he doesn't have enough money. And and you and I talked about it between now and August. That first debate, GOP debate on on Fox News. Are they still having that? By the way, is anyone going to be there? I don't know. I mean, I, you saw that Christie was asked, "Are you going? Are you going to lie in order to get into the yeah, right, the, the right. first the first debate? Because yeah. you have to say that you will support uh, the whoever the nominee is. The nominee. So that's why that's why Trump won't show up for any of them. And, and, <laughs> and Christie, I think, has already said in one interview, at least, that he does not plan on supporting Trump if he's the nominee. Right. So they asked him if he would lie, and he just he yeah. deflected the question. <laughs> deflected, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and you and I said, "Well, why not just lie?" Well, yeah, just say it. Sure, just I say, will. And then, then, uh, then, yes, then later on, oh, I will. You know, I I've decided. I'm I had, just, I'm grappling. I'm evolving. <laughs> I was I was going to I was going to, but now where I see when they take the stand on this, this is just too radical, and so I will no longer support. Well, if they're the going to do, you know, if the, if the party is going to do. The uh, the the you know what the liberals do. You must come out and declare your support this far ahead for the nominee. Uh, then act like a liberal and lie. And so, <laughs> but we had been saying <laughs> we had been saying that you you got to watch the money this summer. The money will will be between now and that first GOP debate will certainly tell some of the story um DeSantis is not broke even when you look at that uh ridiculous New York Times article they about halfway in they go 
Well, it's very, very early, and it was only a handful of people. Apparently, he laid off of some people. They, they, and, and by the way, that could have been for a number of reasons, not financial reasons. Even though they say it's financial that they hired too many to yes. start out. Well, it, to start out, they hired too many when you look at a normal presidential uh, uh, campaign. But but doesn't that also go when you fire people that you don't think are doing a good job? You say, well, we hired too many to begin. We we overexpanded. Well, yeah, that, it, it might be. But they from what I, from what the story says, and again, mm-hmm. who knows? We're not. Yeah. Right. We were not inside of it. It was no, they didn't fire the top managers who would be decision makers. Right. It was the it was middle. Yes, it people. was it was no one. Of, right. Because if and, it were uh, to that point, if it were someone, then they would have named those people who were at the top of the campaign. You know, some well, of those uh, top managers. Know, Trump was firing, you know, uh, he was firing campaign managers uh every week yeah okay i'm exaggerating <laughs> that a little bit but he went through a couple in, no, in 2016 he, yeah he did uh, yeah he did so um uh it the thing is if you pay attention to social media and social media right now is just and and i maybe it's just because i don't know whether it's what do you call it social media exhaustion whatever yeah when when i go through social media the most passionate people are the people all tied to the campaigns. Yeah. So sure. the accusations yeah. are, you know, you know, you'll get the Trump people. Well, here's the latest poll: DeSantis has done. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And yeah. and so you will you'll see that. But the fact is, nothing is done at this moment. No. Uh, and and, and, and even what I said about uh, you know, watch it's way the, too early. Yeah. Yeah. Way it is. Early. It is. And even what I said about. Watch the money, the donations between now and August. Um, actually, that may not apply anymore. You know, it, it may not because donors may be holding off longer than August. They may be watching how it shapes into the fall and even into the beginning of the year. Now, typically they do, you know, they'll throw money down and they there are big donors that are moving right now, but they may not be moving in the same way they have in the past because there may be some. Uh, a lot of uh, unknowns, <laughs> known knowns and unknown unknowns, uh, Rumsfeld, uh, that that are going to play into it between now and January, February of next year. And and so, you know, it, it, it could be a totally different game. It may not mean it could be that DeSantis ultimately can't get there and can't overcome this gap between him and. And Trump. Well, it might not be. Again, it might not be. It wasn't Reagan's time. Yeah. uh, You know, at 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 one point, sometimes it's just not your time. It doesn't mean that your time may not be four years from now or eight years from now. Right. Right. Especially somebody who is who is that uh, age. But, you know, you you look at it. You know, we I, I think about the 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 things just in the last 10 days, you know, Trump comes out and, you know, promoting like crazy ethanol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Republicans really don't want to be subsidizing ethanol. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you ask any Trump supporter on it, they'll say nothing. Well, mm-hmm. well you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's a big issue to people there that are Republicans. They don't like when Trump says that mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks, you have a ton of stuff of of, uh, you know, Trump coming out and, and stating I would settle the Ukraine Russia thing in twenty four hours. Right. Yeah. And so the question was been how, 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 how? 
And most people believe, well, he would he would force you. This was the narrative out there. And I believe part of it is because, you know, Tucker's out there promoting the fact that we shouldn't be in there. We shouldn't be in there. And a lot of Republicans are jumping behind Tucker. And I'd fi- a lot of Trump supporters are jumping behind Tucker on this. And I find it amazing. Uh, I had it over the weekend uh, uh, that uh, somebody I know asked me that question. Why did Tucker get let go? Mm. And I, or fired, and I said, well, actually, technically, legally, he didn't get fired. Mm-hmm. They just took him off the air because they're paying his salary. Mm-hmm. So that's technically not a firing. I said, so I can't tell you what it was, but the one thing was the one woman claiming harassment, but the other one was after the lawsuit, Tucker was saying one thing on the air and another thing off the air. Mm-hmm. Off mm-hmm. the air in the emails, he was saying that the Trump campaign was full of it, that the election was stolen. Mm-hmm. On the air, he wasn't saying the, the 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 same thing. I'm amazed that Trump supporters just let that go. Mm-hmm. They just let that go as if it was nothing from from Tucker. But when you look at the whole, uh, and and I can't explain that. I can't I can't explain you know why you know that that happened and it de- didn't seem to affect loyal Trump supporters mm-hmm. because that whole lawsuit when you got to the emails. Was him saying, "Well, it's, they're they're full of and using curse words. They're full of it. The election wasn't stolen, mm-hmm. and on the air he wasn't saying it. And Trump supporters didn't seem to mind that at all. It mm-hmm. didn't seem to affect their support for him, at least on social media. Yeah. Now yeah. the audience on Fox is getting back to where it used to be. The it you know it's getting it's, the size it, of the, the size is rebounding again mm-hmm. after a a period of uh, of." of uh, of time but so the whole thing with you know russia back and forth it was like and mm. and the it was almost as if you know if you're paying attention to social media which again is the insiders and the and the real supporters of the candidates you know you would think okay the uh that uh you know when trump said 24 hours he would have forced Zelensky. this is what i got out of the supporters mm. would force Zelensky. To you've got to back down, and Russia would take some of the territory and everything else, and that's the compromise that you would have to have. Mm. And then Trump comes on on Marie Bartiromo and says, "You know, I, I I like Zelensky, I like him, I've dealt with him." And she finally said, "But what would you do in 24 hours to stop it?" Mm-hmm. He said, "I would tell Zelensky he has to deal, and then I would tell Putin if you don't, you know, you need to deal, and if you don't, I'll give Zelensky everything he needs." You know, basically to win the war. Right. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't think that's what Republicans were expecting. So my my point is, in all of this uh, here, you know, you can sit there and, and, you know, Trump is saying things that a lot of his base isn't for, and they're letting it slide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you just wonder, and so you wonder, will that have an effect down the road if Trump doesn't show up? And every day they're saying... Trump doesn't show up for the debates. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's afraid. He's afraid. He's afraid. Now it could have the opposite effect. <laughs> Trump supporters would say, don't say he's afraid. He's just up by so much. Well, I mean, and he could be, they could go the route of the GOP is so ridiculous with all of their rules that they set forward. You're right. And, no, you're right. Yep. And why does yep. he need to uh, let anybody dictate to him what the debate's going to be? Yeah, so like I said, and I'm just throwing these out as examples of things that that I see, which is like, okay, I uh, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't, I think that 
as we get more into the fall. If you're in October and Trump still has a 30-point lead, you're in big trouble. If you're no, in I, I think if I he's think got that's the, it. I really think I I I think August, maybe the end of August, but but that would be you know the close to the beginning of fall. So yeah, right about that time, if you get past that first debate and nothing changes, if they yeah. have the, debate. I, I would say more. <laughs> I I would see the move if there isn't movement by November first through January, you're in big trouble. But by November first. Sure. To oh, me, yeah, if there isn't, yeah, yeah. I just I view it that way because that's when people become serious. You've got the debates; they're paying attention. All right, who am I going to vote for at this particular mm-hmm, point? Mm-hmm. And if you see movement at that point or acceleration, and it'll be interesting to see if that if it happens at that point, whether Trump then, you know, gets in it. But are they all going to lie about? <laughs> are they all going to lie? No, to the RNC, question. right? Oh yeah, we're going to support the candidate, right? No, I'm not. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if some of them roll their eyes and go, sure. <laughs> and their answer, I mean, that's a yes, technically. Yeah, uh, We got a great show ahead, 866-90-RED-EYE. On a hot summer day, the last thing you want to feel is a blast of warm air when you turn on your air conditioning. A malfunctioning AC system will leave you uncomfortably shifting in your seat, not to mention it can affect the safety and performance of your entire vehicle and your productivity. Keep your AC system running smooth and your deliveries on schedule this summer with the following maintenance tip. Make sure the condenser on the front of your cab is clean and double check that your compressor belt is tight and in good condition. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, good morning. You know, as you uh, 
as we look at everything here. Uh, middle July, uh, one of the things, and I think really for for both parties, you're you're in a time right now that is really unusual and maybe unprecedented in American presidential political history. And what where we are is we don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen to Trump because of all the different indictments. Mm-hmm. People don't know. That's the great unknown. With Biden, there's the great unknown. <laughs> is he even going to run? Can he do it? And what happens afterwards? It's not like it's all the candidates are fine. There's no cognitive problems on the one side. Uh-huh. There's no legal issues on the other side. Uh-huh. Everybody is, you know, moving forward right now yeah. and and going in this one direction. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing standing in their way, which then makes donors more comfortable. If you see donors not knowing about DeSantis, but not knowing about Trump and not making the decision. It's simply because they don't know. And there's nothing worth, worth, excuse me, worse, worth. <laughs> I'm flooring here. Uh, there's nothing worse in politics than not the unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are right now. And that's why as we get more closer to the fall, you'll know more. You'll know more about it all. Plus, it nothing has really been on the national stage at this moment. Well, that's that's where the numbers start to change when you start getting more exposure of DeSantis and whether it's a debate or an interview or town hall or whatever it might be. uh, The exposure of the candidates is going to be obviously the point. And and some of that comes through advertising, um, but a lot of it comes from those town hall debates or uh, the big stage debates. And we'll see if that's going to be the case, if it starts to shape anything this early. I, I think those un, some of those unknowns still remain after the early debates, and that's going to be part of the problem, too. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carlin, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, the other thing is, too, is that the the one problem for any of the, the candidates on, on uh, you know, outside of, uh, outside of Trump is the fact of how do they differentiate themselves from Trump? Republicans right now, you almost have as much unity on the issues than you've ever had yeah, on most of the right. issues. Mm-hmm. 
you might have, you know, if a Ted Cruz was running, you know, I brought up ethanol before, but ethanol is not a top topic for most people. They're like, oh, ed- subsidizing ethanol, I don't even know what it is. You know, now we do, and we're against it, and we believe that's a position that Trump should never take. Uh, but for the most part, outside of that, Republicans really on the major issues agree on everything. When when you go on Twitter, you and I talk about how you know, Twitter now it's almost all the um, uh, it's almost all the partisans. Yeah, you know right. you really don't have a discussion anymore. And you know I'll see some uh, you know uh, somebody related to the Trump campaign. DeSantis is a rhino. Mm-hmm. I don't believe most Republicans believe that Ron DeSantis is a rhino. No, actually, talking to one person in in Iowa, and again, it's just one person, it's anecdotal, uh, their take on it based on, and they are connected in Iowa. I mean, they're they're very active in Iowa politics. And their take on it was that the concern they're hearing from the voters in Iowa is that DeSantis – is is has too many similarities to Trump and not <laughs> en- not enough to differentiate and and stand out. And I, I thought, I mean, I had a lot of questions when they said that. I thought, hmm, really? Uh, and because I, if it, it always goes back to pollsters, you know, we if we ran a pollster company, it would go broken one day because we would be spending too much time. <laughs> qualifying the respondents and also then going back and going really um but but the you know we'd have, we'd have to we'd have to have an hour seminar explaining our questions because it would be so detailed yeah exactly but the follow up from this person was well what they want is somebody who is really clearly stands out the ones who don't support Trump, by the way, I, did, I, I don't know if I qualified that. Right. Those who don't support Trump want somebody who is vastly different than Trump. And I almost said out loud, and I, I just couldn't engage in the discussion at the time. Number one, I didn't have the time. And number two, I, it, it the person probably couldn't answer the question anyway because I would have to talk to these individuals uh, that they that they are uh, monitoring. They they do take their own polls inside these states. These organizations that are very active, um, they do want to gauge where the voter is going to be, obviously. And their take on it was that the ones who did not support Trump but still side with the GOP want somebody who va- who stands out very clearly from Trump. And some of them be- don't believe that DeSantis does that at this point or has yet to this point. Yeah. And the thing I would ask is on what? Yeah. Exactly. Are you talking the issues? Are you right. talking style? Are you, you know, what, what is it that you're, you know, what is it that you're looking for? Mm-hmm. If you're saying a difference in style, but somebody who would agree on the issues with Trump, mm-hmm. you would say, well, then Pence must be zooming up there because he's as different a personality as you can get well, from if- Trump, but probably has on the issues the vast majority of beliefs that's, as Trump. That's very funny because in in my mind, the first name that came to me, if if I'm when I was trying to gauge who that might be for these individuals, was Pence, and I thought, hmm, it, because he's not making much noise at this point. 
uh, his interview with Tucker, I know, that uh, made some noise on social media. But really, politically, he's not making a ton of noise just yet. And I don't know where, and that's why there are there are so many unknowns right now, as you mentioned uh, earlier. I don't know where they where the answers or or where the the road starts to gain that clarity of where you can say, all right, and, and it's really going to be in the polls, and it's going to be a consistent movement. And to be clear, we have to say this a lot. We, it's not that we believe the polls are necessarily accurate. We look at the movement within the polls. So if you see all of the pollsters showing Trump in the lead, well, then clearly Trump is He's in, in the, the lead. lead. Yeah. We don't know if it's by 24, 26 points. It's, but if they're all within that, you know, 22 to 26 points in the lead, then you can say, all right, that's probably accurate. That has certainly uh a the the same consistency but we look at the movement of any candidate uh or any issue or whatever it is they're polling in the polls the movement is the key and so if you start to see <laughs> a chris then run Run and don't look back. Uh, no. <laughs> no, if you start, if you start to see some movement in that poll, and and, the, and that movement is consistent with either other pollsters or over a series uh, in a series of polls by the same pollster, then you can say, all right, that that shows something. Again, don't put any money into these polls. Um, with the exception of Scott Rasmussen, if he or any of his office is listening, please put money into the polls. Uh, but don't 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 bet any money on those numbers, uh, you know, and 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 understand, you know, our position on the polls is is that you look at, at where the movement is. And. I go back to 2008, uh, I forget who it was recently in the media that made social media rounds, too, but. He was talking about how, all right, look at it. And we did this. We actually brought up the polls from uh, the summer of 2007, right? Who mm-hmm. was who yeah. was leading in the GOP primary in the summer of 2007? And we did we did a number of those we years and, looked, yeah. and, and looked at, at where we are right now and then compared them in the past. And, and um, it varied greatly. And you look at. Things like 2008, John McCain becoming the nominee. 2012, Mitt Romney. Well, what are the similarities in those two candidates? Those guys are two uh, uh, moderates at best, liberal on certain things. And the I we looked at the GOP then and still do and say, okay, what was the voter thinking? And, and why would a Mitt Romney be the eventual nominee? Something... That we la- that we uh, asked Andrew Breitbart, um, and when we had him on in in early 2012, why should conservatives support uh, Mitt Romney? You know, and 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 these you know these things you look at, and and that's kind of also what frightens me <laughs> is that, <clears throat> and I don't believe this is ha- will happen, but in the event of a Chris Christie starting to rise. 
that that is going to to ring all of the bells and 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 raise all of the red flags for me about where you know the voter is and and everything else. I I don't think that's going to happen this time. Well, I I really I think that you, know, uh, you have the the loyalty towards Trump that's still there. It's not what it was mm-hmm. a few years ago, mm-hmm. but it's still there. You have a, he still has a significant base yeah. there. I also yeah. think that a, a lot of Republicans are okay. Who can win? Right. Who can yeah. win? Because yeah. on issues. There really is not, and you think about it. If the republic, if the Republican debates coming up were about the issues, yeah, there's no debate. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I believe uh, we should only spend twenty two point three billion on Ukraine. Uh, well, therefore, you're for thirty billion. I'm for you're, right. But you're yeah. and so you're talking about specific current events, but on the big issues overall. Where is the huge difference of opinions uh, from Republicans when every single major issue that exists out there, the actual issues people side with the Republicans on all the major issues mm-hmm. on right. on on, uh, you know, uh, the inflation, whatever. Mm. The big thing is and you look at Trump for people that say, OK, Trump is not electable. Well, is he with Biden? Right. You know, we'll we'll get to the email. I mean, I, if yeah. if there's yeah. if I mean that the the latest email that uh, that I've seen from one of the uh, executives basically talks about the job, you know, talking to the partner of of uh, Hunter Biden that basically the job that they want is for the high officials of the United States to convince the high officials of the Ukraine and the emails out there over the weekend to to not basically prosecute or go after the president of Burisma. It's right. as close as a smoking gun as you can get. Yeah. And so you've got the whistleblowers coming up this week. And so I think a lot of Republicans are in a hold pattern. Well, we'll go with Trump because Trump right now could win. You know, Trump Trump could win because look at Biden. So yep. it's not yep. just about no, Trump's I mean... indictments. It's about where Biden is going because Biden, if you... I, I sat there when I looked at it. Breitbart had it. I couldn't believe it wasn't the number one story because, yeah, after, no, that's a good, after, good point. After, yeah. after all this time, you finally get to the point and we'll actually read what the email says coming up here a little bit. And so I think a lot of Republicans are on hold. But the fact is, there's really not ideologically speaking much difference at all between right. Trump and DeSantis. Right. Which is why nobody buys it. You know, when when even when Trump has, you know, really gone after DeSantis and called him whatever, mm-hmm. he doesn't get much response even out of his loyal audience because no Republican really hates DeSantis. Right. Right. You they know, they say it's, he's not the guy. Right. You know, they may think, all right, Trump he's is not a the better guy. guy, but I yeah, don't right. mind. I, you know, I don't mind. Uh, uh, I don't mind. I, I had a guy I met a couple of weeks ago when I was in New York and. I met him. He had a Trump shirt on. Everything else, mm. everything was pro Trump, pro Trump, pro Trump. I started bringing out some of the things. I said, "What about Trump on this?" He goes, "Yeah, well, I don't agree with that." Well, what mm. about Trump on this? Well, I don't agree with that. Well, then mm. I'm gonna... so he's not right on everything. Nah, mm. he's got a lot of problems. And you know something? I do wonder whether he's electable. And when you get through it, when you yeah. and I've said many people and many loyal supporters, when you get by that wall of 
you know, I'm going to defend my guy no matter what. Once they realize, well, I'm not really harming you. I just want to ask you. I'm a conservative like you. Mm-hmm. And and they actually get it. They understand. There isn't mm-hmm. a Republican out there that doesn't understand uh, Trump's weakness right now. Yeah, right. Right. And, yeah. I mean, look, it's it it's what either party wants. They want the guy that can win. And I think a lot of it is, all right, is is uh, Trump going to say something or do something, or could the indictments somehow uh, cause him to lose? I think the New York di- indictment is, is weak. I think most legal experts look at that as weak. Uh, the Florida indictment is the one that, that you know, again, uh, could, it, out of the two, could, uh, could, could pose as the uh, problematic one. But the... The problem is, is that, or or the, the the situation is, is that you don't know how bad it's going to get, as you pointed out, with Biden. Look, he's inept. He's a liar, and there is something going on with him, physically and or mentally. Those are things you can't deny, and anyone who's would try to deny those things. Uh, is is just simply not paying attention, or they're lying themselves. And so it could be that Biden is so weak that Trump, with any of his problems or all of his problems, could easily win. Mm-hmm. Uh, or those problems all come together and are resolved, and then all of a sudden in the summer of 24, there's this massive surge in his direction because those problems are behind him. The question would be, what does the campaign look like? The things that he's saying on the road and during interviews and during town halls and during debates are still going to matter. Yeah, I, I, behind him, I don't think anything will be resolved. by. I don't know that any yeah, of the indictment think, stuff yeah. will be behind him unless, again, his his lawyers are are uh, able to get anything dismissed on the Florida mm-hmm. indictment. Yeah, if, there, if stuff is dismissed. Yes, that's, not, that's right. the only way that that, yeah. that one is going to go away. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. And then when you look at, you know, what's the possibility for the election in in uh, in 2024 and mm. that is there a third party candidate mm-hmm. which you look at the possible well we know that cornell west is in you see him pounding on biden calling biden a racist and everything yeah. i mean it's like yeah. oh my gosh it's just <laughs> well that's it i mean uh, but we you, forget about the liberal circular firing squad yep and that's going to be in play even though there really isn't going to be a primary for the democrats there still is going to be those coming out and attacking Biden from the left. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. 
From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. <laughs> 18 years now working together. 18 years. 18 years as of Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, happy anniversary. Been a yeah. great 18 years, most of it. And the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Where's our cake? Yeah, we never get cake. Yeah. I have coffee. Really bad coffee from the break room. See, I have nothing. Mm. I don't even have any water. Yeah, I have some water. Yeah. I have a Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah, so uh, think about it. It was July of 2005. My first granddaughter was not yet. She was... Three days from becoming a month old. That's crazy. And that was just a little over a month before Katrina. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. I know. That is crazy. We were only... We were not quite four years past 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We had, let's see here, we had been in, we had been in Iraq for just over two years. Mm Mm-hmm. And we had been in Afghanistan for, not quite four years. Wow. That's crazy. And George W. Bush was president. His numbers, oh, I'd have to go back and look in 2005. They they had tempered somewhat, of course, after 9-11. His numbers uh, were, his approval numbers were very high. But uh, I'd have to go back to... 2005, uh, beginning of his second term. We know by 2006 they had gone down because at that point, then you had, remember, the the Democrats took back Congress at that point. Right. And and because it was after that, because I remember it was after 2006, it was going into, you know, 2006, 2007, Mm. when, you know, I, I always view that as the beginning of the Democrats stating, let's not hide what we really believe anymore. Let's yeah. not let's not move to the middle, even though right. they did. Obama mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. You know, Obama moved to the uh, to the middle. We always you know, I, I always talk about that. I remember in um, in uh, by the time we got to uh, 2008 mm. that. uh you know, Obama, remember how radical he was even running in the primary. Mm. And then by the time we got to September, right, be, I'll never forget, that's when I used to do my hockey skating workouts. And uh, this uh, fireman that, you know, did workouts with me, mm. and in that September saying to me, you know, I've been listening to that Obama, and he's a lot more 
you know, he's a lot more rational and conservative than I thought. And I said, when did you start paying attention? He said, oh, about a week ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the general election now. So you don't know mm-hmm. that he said that? He said that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, believes this. Oh, no. Wow, it really doesn't sound like the guy that I heard speaking last week. Mm-hmm. But as we know now, I mean, it's full out and out. I mean, it's, you know, Democrats are telling you exactly how they believe and doubling down on exactly how they believe. And as we said, it's pretty insane. But is it effective when you brainwash for a significant period of time? From the New York Post, a new poll shows just how far support for free speech has fallen, especially among young people. A plurality of millennials thinks that misgendering, not using someone's preferred pronouns, should be criminalized. According to a survey Newsweek published on Saturday, the Redfield and Wilton Strategies poll finds that 44% of those aged 25 to 34 think, quote, referring to someone by the wrong gender pronoun should be a criminal offense, end of quote. Wow. Just 31% of this demographic disagree. 25% were undecided. Now, Gen Z, those are those 18 to 24, only 33% supported making misgendering a criminal offense, 48% disagree. Of all these groups, uh, uh, all these groups of young people were much more likely than Americans overall to support the suggested censorship. That's not just censorship; that's criminalization. That is mandating speech, or you are a criminal. Yeah. The poll found just nineteen percent of the public overall agrees with making misgendering illegal. Wow. Think about that. That just shows you that young people, a significant portion, completely clueless about the First Amendment. And look, it's no surprise. Uh, we can go back because this is this is 25 years old. Mm. You know, you go back to McCain-Feingold. Mm-hmm. That's where it really started when you think about it. How long did we how long did we fight that one? Remember? Yeah, sure. Well, well, corporations aren't uh, corporations aren't people. Mm-hmm. What's corporation? Never forget. Have, remember when we remember after uh, uh, what is it? Wall Street. Um, oh, what do you call it? Op- what Occupy, it? Occupy Wall Street. Wall yeah. Street. Yeah. <laughs> Talking to the uh, was it one of the participants in Portland? Well, no, we need to stop it. Why? Because corporations aren't people. What's corporation? It's a company. No, corporation is a, a company that has decided to to follow certain laws created by by the state. Mm-hmm. So if I decide to cooperate or if I decide to have a corporation, which means I'm following the rules and regulations to regulate business 
do I as that individual or group of individuals forming that corporation lose our ability to have freedom of speech to promote what we believe because those are people. Silence. Yeah, right. Silence. I'll never forget having Russ Feingold on one time when I worked at our great affiliate KXL in Portland. Mm. Boy, was he angry at me. Yeah, I'm sure. I brought those same things. I said, who do you think you are dictating that what people have freedom is? Oh, he didn't like that at all. No, I'm sure. He didn't like that at all. No, it's and and those are the things that, you know, again, and that went on for a while, not for a long while. Right. And they they threw out a slogan and nobody ever thought about it. Well, well, who makes up corporations? People. If if the law just exists and people don't use it. Then. There is no entity, there is no entity of people that exists. Yeah. But that was, you know, but that to me was the beginning because that was the thing. If we justify where we can, where where we can uh, censor speech from things that seem bad, corporations bad, no freedom of speech allowed. Well, then eventually yeah. you get to individual human beings where the left believes that they should be prosecuted. Right here. Right. There's where you see it. That yeah. was a yeah. dangerous, slippery slope that we always said. You, you pick something that uh, corporations are bad. They shouldn't have freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course they should. The people yeah. in corporations. Corporations know the actual law, the set of laws, doesn't have freedom of speech. The people in that corporation have freedom of speech. And no one seemed to, on the other side be able to wrap their brain around that well they didn't want to no they didn't because it wasn't about freedom of speech it was about we don't you know we were demonizing i mean that's where we are today corporations must be demonized and we were demonizing corporations and if you demonize them and they're evil then they shouldn't have the same rights as you because corporations are evil right that's what they were attempting to promote Mm -hmm. yeah and you know you look, and man, you look at that compared to where we are today. People want to regulate free speech. They want to punish free speech. This is where you start to change. The liberals are starting to change the political will. I don't think they're ever going to get to that point where it's ever going to pass muster in, in court. I mean, you you would have to go back, essentially, and have an amendment to the Constitution. Yeah. Well, I and think that's not going to happen. I I think they ought to pass this law because I'm I'm offended if anybody calls me cisgender. Mm. I'm a male. I want to be called a male, mm. not cisgender. You must refer to me as to what I want. Mm-hmm. Biological male. Yeah, man, man. Man, the ultimate. Say it that way, man. Okay, man. I want no, you, you didn't say it right. Say it. I want you to man. refer to me as male patriarchy. <laughs> That's what I identify as superior gender. Superior gender, because well, no, the left should be for that. We are the superior gender. Well, that's what Why? they've been promoting. Because we get to define what a woman is. That's right. 
move over. We need a place on the team. Exactly. Women's sports. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> please. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was cute for a while, but no, it's over. Move over, ladies. You know, the funny thing is, I actually watched a uh, uh, movie over the weekend. I just, I'm going through anything out there, and I didn't even know it existed before. Mm. The Mighty Max oh. about Im- Immaculata uh, uh, College mm. and how they won the first three women college basketball championships from 72 to 75. Yeah. But it was the first year that they won, and mm. they had nothing. They didn't have a gym. Wow. The gym burned down. They didn't have uniform. They had nothing. Mm. They had to raise raffle money to do it. They beat all the big colleges, and they were just wow. a ragtag bunch of, of uh, you know, of the coach got the coach got paid four hundred and fifty bucks for the whole year. Wow, wow. And it was, and I was thinking about this. I'm like, wow, what a great, and it's really a great movie. And I liked it because they didn't when when uh the the one uh the one young woman had to make the foul shot mm-hmm. it wasn't like in uh, Hoosiers where it took them 25 minutes of the music <laughs> yeah. and sitting on the bench right. for Ollie to make that <laughs> charity throw right. as they called it mm-hmm. remember I was like come on just make it did it more in real time, you know, mm-hmm. went over and took the shot. Okay, I like this better. Yeah. Not that I didn't like Hoosiers on that, but it was like, don't make it the same way, and they didn't. Yeah. And uh, was it, uh, is her name Carla, is it Gagino, whatever the actress, mm. was the coach. And I only saw her once in a Hallmark movie and went, eh, she was great in that movie. Mm. But, I, but I was thinking about that the whole time. I'm like, wow, this whole, and this came out like in 2009. Like, what a great little movie this is. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And the left doesn't. The left probably isn't celebrating this now. Hmm. They probably well, feel I mean, where's the male on the team. You know, when we get to twenty fifty, uh, they'll make a movie about an all biologically female team called A Gender of Their Own. <laughs> <laughs> we finally get it. Oh, yeah. Oh gosh. It'll come full circle. Yeah. So, uh, but it's just, it's just amazing. But that, I mean, that's the worry part right there, how yeah. the left has convinced so many young people that's that, it. that freedom of speech means nothing. Right. Now, ask those same young people to name the three branches of government. Yeah. No, you're right. How many even understand the Constitution? But if as, you don't as, understand free speech, you don't understand the Constitution. No. That's a great point. You know, we talk about the three branches of government. For God's sakes, they don't understand the First Amendment. Right. Exactly. 866-90-RED-EYE. Independence with carrier authority should be mindful that negotiation strength varies as the week progresses. Typically, the highest rates across major segments are paid for loads negotiated on Sundays, and the highest volume of loads for all segments is seen on Mondays, also the weekday that tends to be the best for flatbed negotiations yielding the best rates. Owner-operators tend to have less negotiation strength on Tuesday, which shows the lowest weekday spread between brokers' offered rates and actual paid rates. Broker offers tend to rise by Wednesday as the end of the week is in sight. This day also seems optimal for the 3 o'clock hustle, so-called for its reliance on that afternoon time of day, when brokers are getting nervous, to improve negotiation strength. 
Stay mindful of this system to maximize your revenue. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics, We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. If you would have ever told me, and he's Eric Carley, if you would have ever told me 18 years ago that I'd still be working here doing the show, I would have told you, yeah, you're out of your mind. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to be doing this 18 years from now. Yeah, well, you here, know, here I am with no end in sight. <laughs> <laughs> Death, maybe. <laughs> Might be maybe. Dead. Yeah. Man, and that's just a maybe. Just a maybe. I'm going to defeat that. Yeah. <laughs> and continue the show. Exactly. Uh, but uh, uh, it's just, we think about it, it's just like, wow. Mm. Wow. How much stuff we've gone through. You know, I, I thought about this that, you know, from my beginning of my talk radio career, six presidential administrations. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's like, just think about that. That's like, and and uh, for us, it be it would be uh, we were both working together for W Obama, Trump four. So. Yeah, uh, let's see here: Reagan, Bush forty one, Clinton, Bush forty three. Yeah, I'm just talking about talk radio for me. Obama, Trump, <sighs> Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any nausea medication anywhere? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna need it. Well, you know the the eighteen years doing, you know, eighteen years now, uh, you know, with our partnership, uh, and this is uh, uh, this month, uh, end of this month is mm-hmm. forty one years in radio for me. Yeah, I'm coming up on 40. 40 41 years in radio here. Started at 18. Couple of weeks. And, what the uh, hell did I know at 18? I'll tell you right now. Nothing. <laughs> and then and then this Friday, my 50th high school reunion. Wow. Do you need a nap? And Eric Harley taking your calls. 1 866 90 Red Eye. 
And he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. So, uh, no interviews, no suspects at all. Zero. Apparently not even uh, a person of interest in the whole White House cocaine story. Nope. I think... At the White House. I think it was David Blaine. Where at the end, all of a sudden... From behind their ear, he pulls it out. Is this your cocaine? Um, <laughs> it is. That's amazing. Um, it's the worst handling of a cover-up in the last five days. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Very prolific statement there. <laughs> well, you'd have to go back. You'd have to, you'd have to go back six days or to, more. You'd have to go back to Wednesday of last week, probably before we had anything that was. Here's 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 what I said on on uh, on on Friday because we weren't uh, you we weren't together when this happened. Um, is I said, let's say for example that Hunter Biden is completely innocent. He had nothing to do with it whatsoever. Okay. All right. Let let's say sure. that's the let's say that is the uh, the the case. Mm-hmm. Then why did the White House act the way that they did? Right. Yeah. Why would right. not Biden have addressed it at all? Right. Why wouldn't they addressed it at all? Because the first thing that I would say, because it's not even about somebody. My concern is not even about bringing somebody bringing cocaine into the White House. Yeah. That's not the concern. The concern is anthrax or fentanyl or something that could kill people inside the White House. This is bigger than Hunter Biden. Yeah. It's about the security of the White House. It doesn't seem like Democrats care or the administration even cares if he is innocent. If he had not if it wasn't Hunter Biden's coke whatsoever, then why why zero concern from the White House about a white powder being brought in when we know the seriousness of how much just a small amount of fentanyl or the residue could affect or kill somebody. Anthrax. Anthrax. Uh, You know, those are the things you have to look at that are very dangerous beyond the jokes of all of this. You look at, all right, so you're telling me that the Secret Service, who has one job to protect the president, can't tell you how white powder got into the White House close to the Situation Room. And so when I heard, well, there were 500 people that might have gone through there. We weren't going to interview all of them. Oh, that was just so, that. It was we're, like we're so so. They we're so busy we can't right. we can't do an investigation. They didn't interview anyone from no. the thing. Well, right. we can't ever. Well, couldn't you interview the staff? About the people that they brought in? Yeah. Because that's what we're told is the only ones that could have access to that particular area would be the staff and friends that they brought in or guests that they brought in. What do you mean? You're the Secret Service. You could interview 100 people a day for five days. Yep. No, this is... It was almost as if, nah, we're just not going to bother. It was too big of a deal. As if, as if what they're saying is, well, this was just somebody bringing in some cocaine you know, for their own, uh, you know, for, for, for their 
uh, you know, own enjoyment. So it's really not a big deal. How do you know it wasn't a test run to see if they could get powder in? Right. The thing is, I don't know. And if there's one thing I'm going to remain paranoid about, if I'm the head of the Secret Service, that's going to be I'm going to be paranoid about something like this happening because my job is to be paranoid when you're talking about the White House. So there are two possibilities here that they absolutely know who brought it in or everyone at the Secret Service needs to be fired. Yeah. That's it. Those are your mm-hmm. own two. Those are the two possibilities. They're either lying through their teeth because they've been directed to do so. Or the culture. Or the culture the is culture very says, much alive. We just don't. We we're going to. We're going to. Yeah. We're going to. Our loyalty. We're going right. to protect this guy. And you know what? We don't know. We don't know who did it. We're not going to interview 500 people. And, and guess what? Nobody needs to know. It's just a little cocaine. And uh, in, so y'all, y'all in, just in, uh, go go focus right. on something else. Instead of the bigger picture. Yeah. Which is the security. What They don't seem to give a damn about it. President doesn't seem to give a damn about it. None of his aides seem to give a damn about it. Why wouldn't you be more concerned about security at the White House is a legitimate question for any investigative mind out there. Right. Why was there no concern at all? I'd like to know. Or or seriousness, because that's what I would have said. I go, this is a very serious thing, not only from somebody's, you know, bringing cocaine in. Right. You know, that in itself, we don't want anybody on cocaine or anybody doing this, and we're not sure, and we want the Secret Service to investigate, and if we find out who did it, they'll be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, but our major concern is security at the White House. If somebody could sneak this in, you know what other type of powder they could sneak in that could injure or kill people. And so we take this very, very serious. You never heard that from the White House. You know, what's her name on The View? I think the GOP planted it there. Okay, let's run with that for a second. Yep. Let's run with that for a second. That's your motivation to make sure that the Secret Service gets to the bottom of it and vets that thoroughly. Because let's just say, yep, that the view is right. Let's say, for the sake of the argument they are, you would want to make sure you found out who was responsible. Because that would be a massive scandal against right. the GOP like you've never seen. And, and you know something, Jim Jordan talks extremely fast and he was in the White House That's a right. week ago. That's right. <laughs> Does he own a suit jacket or is it just shirts? Anyways. <laughs> For God's sakes, throw on a sport coat once Come in a while, on. Jim. <laughs> no, that's a legitimate point, though. You don't know. You don't know. So and if it so if it was if well, I believe it was a Repu- a Republican might have snuck it in. Well, that's another reason for okay. the Secret Service to investigate. Let's let's, let's go with that because I don't go with know that. who brought it in. Right. Let's have the investigation, and and and, and then we move on to the uh, uh, another possibility, and that is a staffer brought it in, right? And they know. And it wasn't Hunter, <laughs> right? And they know that this is going to make the whole thing against Hunter look really bad, which is the whole idea of them bringing up, oh, the GOP planted it to make Hunter look bad and to try and get Hunter into more trouble or something like that. All right, let's say somebody else did it and they were careless with their cocaine. 
And they, in fact, one of our theories is that it couldn't be Hunter because he doesn't leave any behind. (laughs) So somebody else on the staff or some other visitor guest or somebody brought it there. You would want to vet that and do the investigation thoroughly there Mm -hmm. so that you could demonstrate that it was not Hunter's because you know politically how that's going to work. You know that if you don't, because if if the Secret Service came to me as chief of staff or commander-in-chief in this case and said, we don't know and there's a lot of people and you get your butt back out there and you find out who did it because everybody's going to believe it's my son. And if you guys close this down uh, a little over a week into it, the entire world is going to scream cover-up, and it's going to lay on the shoulders of my son. Because Finish the investigation. Because the first thing I'd ask the president of the Secret Service is, well, who did you interview? Exactly. You're I, talking to me, so you're interviewing me. Yeah. I don't know how it got here. Who else have you interviewed? Right. Nobody. And you're going to shut down the investigation? Well, there's too many. Well, you don't have to talk to all 500. Talk to the staff. Who did they bring in? Narrow it down. Narrow it down. Right. You didn't have cameras in that zone, but you did know right. who was in the West Wing right. during that time. You can narrow that down. Just amazing. And by and the way, it, it, was it wasn't so- 500. The, the the list of suspects would not be 500. You could start with, let's just say, a couple dozen. You know who I'd start with? Who who Hunter is partying with on a Friday night? <laughs> Someone signed in as a guest of Hunter Biden. Yes. <laughs> JJ. (laughs) (laughs) And why is he riding a courier bicycle? Um, (laughs) Did you guys search his backpack? Um, The the whole. (laughs) Those. (laughs) But the, the best meme was. You know, instead of uh, Al Pacino, it was, uh, you know, Biden sitting in front of the mountain of Coke, like yeah. in the, yeah. what was the movie? Scarface. Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> <Sitting there with, laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. It's serious. Serious. Not but, a joke. But you, but when you, you get out of this, said nothing, as I said the other day, not, remember when Peggy Noonan wrote the column like six months into, um, uh, Biden's presidency that said nothing works. Yeah, yeah. Well, now it's. I, I said this when you were gone on Friday. I said she should write a column now. Nothing works or is corrupt. Right. No, I mean that's where we are. Nothing works or is corrupt. You can't trust anything that comes out of this government right now. Well, everything because ev- here's, every everything is tainted. Here's the thing. If they. Th- that they have done any political favors for the president, they have not. Now, they may have done some legal favors for Hunter Biden, because if it were found to be his, then that would really complicate his case. But if they think they've done any political favors for his 
Father, they are sadly mistaken because this looks like another two-tier, a demonstration of the two-tier justice system all over again. The guy has, and this is, I was thinking about this over the weekend. If I'm on the debate stage and Biden is my opponent, regardless of who's on that debate stage as his opponent, you repeat it. This guy has enriched his family through his public service, and there's no one denying that. Cocaine shows up at the White House, and his Secret Service shuts it down in a matter of days and doesn't interview anybody. His Justice Department fell on the sword for him repeatedly. They find documents at his house strewn all over the house, and nothing is done about it. That's who our current president is. I won't be that person. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning and uh, welcome. Well, another uh, email coming out with the whistleblowers, IRS whistleblowers testifying uh, uh, this week. It's going to get uh, interesting, but uh, we have a, a story that when I saw it, I went, well, this email really should be getting more publicity this weekend. Mm. Uh, we'll get to that coming up because it really does show what uh, Burisma wanted from the Bidens. Yeah. And it's exactly what they got. Right. from the Bidens. So things aren't going things aren't going good there at all. It's tough to it's going to be tough for Jamie Raskin to come out and continue to say, "Well, it's all just conspiracy theories and uh Republican allegations because as we have pointed out, none of it is. None of it is what the Democrats did to Trump in Russia collusion, which was throw out the allegations without any evidence to back it up." Uh this did not happen this way. This all came. Oh, by the way, have you seen the mm. seen the one lawyer for Hunter Biden now who's joined the team, who's is screaming that the laptop is not legit? Yeah, right. It's yeah. Like, Sorry, man, you missed the boat. Yeah, you're a little late on that yeah. one. Yeah, a little late. You're it's far like, behind the game. It's like wow. Yeah, it's going to take him years to get through all the. Uh, all the evidence, <laughs> get him caught up. Like, what, are, well, what are you doing? What are you even trying? What, what are you even trying? The rest of the law team is going. Wait a minute. Uh, no, we're no, we're past that. We already know it is. We're yeah. It's not his, right? Yeah. Um, or that it's been tampered with by the Russians or right? Yes. the Republicans yeah. or something. No, like that, that came up again. Who was it that said? Uh, you can't prove, was it Jamie Raskin that, that said, well, you can't prove it's not Russian interference or whatever. And it was like, no, nah, that was, ago. that was, was Clapper. That? Oh, Clapper. Yeah, 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 Clapper yeah, or Brennan. Yeah. yeah. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood. 
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. Eric and I here having a big party celebrating our 18th anniversary together. We've got cake. We've got champagne. All right, I do have a Atkins strawberry shake here. That's... Yeah, I've got uh, more bad coffee. All right. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Happy, an- I got. happy anniversary, honey. Yeah, what? Don't know. Whoa, whoa. Ugh. That was, that was it. No, no, no. Icky. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Need something to <laughs> cleanse the palate here. Let's talk about Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this uh, something less creepy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's the one. uh, Uh, Breitbart had this over the weekend. And it this does seem like I've got to because this is a different story. And a a lot of the beginning of this sounds like the other email that we were talking about last week. It seems to have the same particulars, except at the end hmm. of it. And this was. From an executive barisma to Hunter and his Hunter and his gang, it was to uh, Devin Archer, but it was CC to Hunter Biden and Eric uh, uh, Schwerin. So they all, um, you know, they they all got this this email. Mm-hmm. It says basically, you know, hope everybody's doing well and thanks for the documents you provided, but we still don't know the specifics. Uh, it says uh, it does not offer any names of top U.S. officials here in Ukraine, for instance, U.S. ambassador or Ukrainian officials, the president of Ukraine, chief of step, prosecutor general, as key targets for improving Nikolai's case and his situation in Ukraine. Mm. It is, however, uh, if, however, this was done deliberately to be on the safe and cautious side, I can understand the rationale. And if all parties, in fact, understand the true purpose of the engagement and all of our joint efforts, it's okay, and we should proceed immediately. My only concern is for us to be on the same page regarding our final goals. With this in mind, I would like us to formulate a list of deliverables, including, but not limited to, a concrete course of actions, including meetings, communications, resulting in high-ranking U.S. officials in Ukraine and in the U.S. publicly or in private communication comment expressing their positive opinion and support for Nikolai Burisma to the highest level of decision makers here in Ukraine, including the president of Ukraine, the president's chief of staff, the prosecutor general, etc. The scope of work should also include organization of a visit of a number of widely recognized and influential current and or former U.S. policymakers to Ukraine in November, aiming to conduct meetings with and bringing positive signal message and support 
on Nikolai's issue to the Ukrainian top officials above with the ultimate purpose to close down for any cases and pursuits against Nikolai, who was the president of Burisma Hmm. here in Ukraine. Less than a month later, the president or the, the vice president, Joe Biden, went there. And we know what happened. And we know in his own words what he demanded be done. That's as close as a smoking gun as you can get. No, I mean, when you put it together, that is about it. I mean, that's. And and, you you know, you know, the the timeline and the chain of events here. Hunter Biden replied, uh, assuring him he could deliver. You should go ahead and sign. Looking forward to getting started on this, Hunter added. One month later, Biden arrived in Ukraine to speak to the president of Ukraine. Soon afterwards, the president of Ukraine fired the prosecutor who was looking into Burisma. Exactly what they were asking Hunter Biden to do. Wow. Yeah. According to an FBI informant uh, file reviewed by lawmakers, Biden and Hunter Biden received $5 million each from the founder, that's Nikolai, founder of Burisma, after Joe Biden threatened to withhold uh, aid to Ukraine uh, until the president fired the prosecutor. And everything that they accused Trump of doing is what Biden did. Well, I mean, it really, it's like <laughs> they put it together. Based on what he did, they put the the case against Trump together based on everything Biden did. And think about that. The CIA officer that was assigned to Biden is the same CIA officer who was one of those on the call with Trump and Zelensky. And that CIA officer went to Adam Schiff's office and said, this is what happened on the phone call. We've always asked that question. Is it because they is did Trump get impeached the first time because he was getting too close? He was getting way too close to the flame. Because, because, up, because up when to you, that point. Well, and when you see how they moved on it, where you even had, you know, they moved on it in a way which was unprecedented. No, it uh, was again, like, in, in impeachment history yeah, where yeah. you had, uh, uh, what's his name from his, uh, uh, Nadler yeah. telling uh, Schiff and, and, uh, and Nancy Pelosi, you can't impeach this way. This is unconstitutional. And. And he it, was Nadler was saying, yeah, it. yeah. And, and, and up to that point, then Speaker Pelosi had been saying there's not going to be right. impeachment, no impeachment, no impeachment, no impeachment. And then all of a sudden, boom, which, again, started with that CIA officer going to Adam Schiff's office and saying this is what happened on the call. Now, 
you also have to couple that with the stories that have been out there are numerous stories that have come out and said there was great concern about Joe Biden's behavior going back years. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that CIA officer was concerned about that behavior being found or whatever, or was on board with that kind of behavior, we'll probably never know. But and that's that that those are those are your links there. And then it was the follow through was Trump was withholding aid to Ukraine until he got Zelensky to follow through with his request on, you know, what was going on. And in the aid, by the way, ended up giving uh, Zelensky uh, or Ukraine more than Obama ever gave them. Right, but not only is there the alleged bribe of the $5 million each, total of $10 million, mm. but then Biden said in his own words... Uh, When he appeared in 2018 at an appearance of the Council of Foreign Relations, I said, I'm telling you, this is is all a quote now. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. He's saying you're not going to get the aid. I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. I think it was about six. uh, I think it was in about six hours. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. End of quote. That's a quote. Yeah. He was bragging about what he did. Joe Biden is 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 always bragging about what he did, what he's done. Now, is he talking about both the aid and his own five million yeah right (laughs) i mean this you just every single day it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and then in that email where they specifically laid out Mm -hmm. this is what we want you to do we want the highest ranking u.s officials to convince to convince our government not to prosecute our president right And the prosecutor got fired. I mean, you could not. And then Biden bragged about then it. Biden brags about it. That he wouldn't give the aid unless they fired the prosecutor, which is what the contract with Hunter Biden was with Burisma was to get the U.S. officials to convince the Ukrainian officials, not to do it, and for the high-ranking officials to come here and visit, and less than a month later, Biden was there. Yeah. Wow. How do you spin that? You can't. The only thing you can do in the liberal media is ignore it, which many of them are doing. Which they're doing, right. Exactly. You don't dare touch it. Because you can't go, you can't even, it's too obvious. Think about it. This is not some deep, this isn't even as involved if you think about it. Uh, it, It's as big, but you don't have to get into the woods like you do on the Russian hoax. 
See, that was a Clinton plan. This is a Biden plan. They're very different. But you, <laughs> but it does make sense why that new lawyer, that new Hunter Biden lawyer, yeah. apparently a former congressman, mm-hmm. a former Republican congressman, mm-hmm. uh, apparently, you know, I understand now why they need to try to discredit the laptop. Right. You have nowhere else to go. No, there. You just need you have to nowhere else to go. Deny, deny, deny. You have to. You you've got to some yep. because there's there's no other there's no other way out of this except to say all of it's fraudulent. Yeah, none of it ever happened. Well, I mean, seriously, uh, it's it's not his laptop. That wasn't his cocaine. We're not even sure he's related to the president. <laughs> just go the full measure. <laughs> The family is now treating uh, Hunter like the seventh grandchild. Exactly. They will not acknowledge that he even exists anymore. Exactly. We don't think he's even the president's son, so there was no tie-in. Right. Because now the the president's ignoring him. Right. (laughs) His last name is Bowden. It's Hunter Bowden. They're not even related. (laughs) God. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Did you notice over the weekend, too, a lot of discussion on the fact that is the the, the Democratic Party now pushing away from Biden? Mm. Uh, you know, I, I know they, they try to use the cognitive stuff. I believe it's this right here. Mm. I believe it's a whistleblowers yeah. coming forward. Yeah. Uh, not that the cognitive problems aren't a, a, a big issue, but everyone knows that the way that the cocaine investigation ended stinks doesn't yeah. pass the smell test yeah. nothing makes any when when i saw well they didn't do any interviews because they said there's like 500 people that might have gone through we're not going to interview everybody mm. why not yeah yeah you talk, you're the secret service i mean why is this it, something came in oh it's just you know we're not going to do it. it's just it just eh, it's just a little bit of coke it's it's a little, a little bit of blow it's, it's a cover-up it's a <laughs> shutdown and so you you don't you don't buy it, and you look at everything there, and you look at their reaction to it. Democrats could not have been pleased with the reaction from the White House no. uh, uh, to that. No, I even saw what's his name, uh, Lawrence Larry, the uh, what's the Charlemagne the God, mm-hmm. as we call yeah. him, Larry yeah. Lawrence. I can't remember what his real name is. Mm-hmm. He's as far left as you can get. They weren't buying it. No, no. And no, so no. if you're being intellectually honest, and as we said, you mean the Democrats don't care about security of the White House with Biden because nobody said, wait a minute. What are you talking about? This, this, that, that you could have snuck in something that could have killed the president. Nobody seemed to care in the Democrat right. side at all. Right. And and so with that, but I still think that everything coming down, the whistleblowers. Look, you read these letters from Burisma. My my God, yeah. I mean that yeah. letter right there. Yeah. I mean it laid out it laid out what the quid pro quo was. We're paying you to do this. Right. And then Biden does it. And then he does it. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, wow, we're not, you know, now the money trail where the actual money went. And as Comer said last week, we're supposed to see something this week, more financial transactions coming out this week. He said he he said during those comments, he mentioned bank records 
which implies that that's what we're going to see this week. I, I I don't know if that's the case, but he did mention that, right? In that in those right. same comments, I don't know. If, I don't know if the money relates to the yeah to, to this the five right. million, but we do know that Hunter being on the board, what his purpose was. We already know that money was paid to him, mm-hmm. and they're directing him to get his father to do something. Right. So how you? I think probably in the enterprise you have to tie in. Okay, Hunter was being paid this. They want. How did it get to the five million? Right. Each. How did right. it get to that ten million? How did you get to that point? Right. I mean, man, it's it's like they're writing a confession of their own. This stuff is so clear. It really is like reading a confession, because when you include Biden's comments, he's saying it. Pair it with this email. And the only thing you do at that point, the only thing you have to do is find out about the money and see where the money was flowing. We said from the beginning, you're going to follow the money. When you you find the money trail, it's going to tell the story. Well, this is 2015. Then in March of 2016, which was before the election, Mm -hmm. is when he got fired. Right. And then it was a year later in March of 2017 where Biden's wrote them the letter, basically the whole thing about this is the whole, you know, the bribe thing, mm-hmm. you need to pay up. Mm-hmm. So the transaction, you've got what the beginning of the transaction was, what the con- what the contract was, Hunter talking about the contract, what they wanted, then what they got, then the eventual firing, and a year later saying, hey, you didn't fulfill your commitment. When we know what the commitment was, I thought that on, I thought that was about the uh, the situation with China. I thought that was a China official that they wrote back and said you need to pay up. In the you're WhatsApp right, message. that's a China. Yeah, different you're bribe. Right. The different, sorry, okay. different bribe. I'm sorry, wrong bribe. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're dealing with a different bribe here. All right, I apologize. My fault. We're getting. I apologize. I'm getting my Biden bribes. I apologize. Mixed up. It's I'm, easy to do. I'm. I'm you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I my yeah. my bad. Well, my but bad. It, it it also spells out. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. I, I, I made got, a mistake, but it's a your, damn funny mistake. Got your Biden bribes mixed up. Look at that. I got my bio. Oh my gosh, I got my <laughs> Biden bribes. But what what does it tell you? Oh my god. That 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 uh, Hunter had spent all of his Burisma money and was desperate to get the China money. <laughs> By March of 2017. Could you please excuse the last 10 minutes? It was was July of 2017. Yeah. It was the end of July of 2017. I got my bribes mixed up. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That may be the funniest thing I've ever done. (laughs) That might be the funniest mistake I've ever made. (laughs) Which bribe are we talking about now? (laughs) You see the prosecutors go in and like, okay. I'm sorry, which case is it? Gary, that's false. (laughs) You're putting out false information. That was the other bribe. You have your bribes confused.
listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. <laughs> hey, Sarah Carly, I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. You can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. And so you can listen to uh, me confuse the different bribe allegations once in a while because there's... Hunter's been very busy. We've got to, you know, <laughs> so many of them. first it was his cocaine. No, now it's not his cocaine. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm still laughing at that. That's funny, though. Uh, both of those uh, uh, supposed uh, the allegations of bribes are for five million or over, though. Yeah. For both the Chinese and right, the, it's the stories have stated. Right. right. The stories have stated. Both of it. I just said the WhatsApp. The WhatsApp message was for the Chinese. Yeah. Right. right. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it just shows you how bad it is right now. And I really do think that's why. I really do think over the last week, it's not the cognitive problems that he's having. It's not. No. That's not what it is. No. It's not no. even. You know no. the 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 cocaine story and the whatever. No, they really don't, they don't care about that. What it is is. They realize the Republicans right now, they're afraid the Republicans are getting so close to showing that as vice president, he took bribes. I mean, they're right. uh, They're 90 percent there. Yeah. You still need to close that other 10 percent. Right. But they're 90 percent there. They have way over way more evidence. To impeach. And remove Biden from office than they ever did for Trump. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by far. Based on the fact that he's compromised still today. You mm-hmm. can't be a uh, former vice president with the evidence that you took a bribe. Mm-hmm. Or did this type of influence peddling. You can't. It just, you, you can't. Because that would be against the law at that point. The evidence that's mounting, both with the with the WhatsApp, but precisely here with the Burisma emails over the last week are extremely damning, and every Democrat knows it. Yeah, and, you know, when if you can ever get to the point of following the money, if you can see that trail of money from the beginning to the end, that's going to tell the story. Well, if you have the accounts... I don't know how getting, you can't. Getting to the money is easy. Yeah, I don't know how you can't unless you're being kept from doing that. Unless there's an effort to stop the investigation, which I believe there would be. I mean, based on what we know so far, clearly they want to step out in front of this. Because here's the other thing, too. The more evidence that comes up about all of this, the more it also hurts the the really weak indictments thrown at Hunter Biden. You know, the sweetheart deal that he was given Mm -hmm. because it shows that they were trying to close the book, put the lid on the jar and bury it in the ground. Well, this is the problem. And how do you not know that? How do you not have enough clarity to know that it's going to it's going to play out badly for you. The only thing I can come, the only conclusion I can come to, at least for now, is that they they don't know what the GOP knows. 
They don't know everything that the whistleblower yet is claiming. And we've said this before. You just hope and pray it it's not everything. You hope and pray it's not enough. You hope and pray it's it's an amount of information that can be buried at least until November of next year. Thing is, though, you can't because you haven't been able to hide any of this that we know now. You're not going to be able to hide the whistleblower. You get to the point where the information is so damning where it may not be criminally, but politically it has its effect. Of course. And those the you know, those those are the problem. And and really, that's that's what I'm focused on here. The political effect is. And and I said this about people like Chuck Schumer or anybody that's been around in the in the Beltway and in office for any measurable amount of time uh, enough to know about the concerns that they had for Biden back then about his behavior at the time that you own part of this if you didn't say anything about it and you hope that the GOP and the whistleblower doesn't have enough on him but you don't know what they do have because we go back to Christopher Ray. FBI director. And what we're told is that he was stonewalling, stonewalling, stonewalling. And then Comer called him and said, we've seen the FD 1023. And then all of a sudden he shows up. Now, if that's accurate and true, then they maybe none of them know what the whistleblowers are about to put out there. By the way, or I, I everything did, that they have. I did go back over the weekend to make sure, and um, uh, Josh Hawley had one of the assistant deputy FBI agents in front of him, one of the, the assistant deputies to mm-hmm. the FBI, mm-hmm. and said to his face, you know, so nobody is denying that, that the... The FBI director said, we don't have the 1023. Mm. And he didn't, he sat there completely silent. Right. He goes, I want to repeat it again. And so, yeah, yeah, so it was, you know, the, the allegation is, and so why didn't anybody in the, why didn't any member of the Republican Congress attack Ray on that last week? Well, that still boggles the what, mind. What the hell's Should've wrong? Been the first question. What the hell's wrong with Republicans? I don't know. It's like you give you give them something, you 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 hand it to them, and they just just blow it. Because you and I said before the FBI director was there, this is the first question they need to ask because we need to know number one mm. and number two if he has to under oath say yes, I lied to Comer. Then you've just set up that anything that he says from that point on. If you're willing to lie to James Comer, so you're willing to lie if you're not under oath. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you tell him that the FD 1023 didn't exist? Mm-hmm. Right. It's a simple yes or no question. But I found the Holly audio cut over the weekend. I'm going, okay, there it is from about a month ago when he had, uh, oh, I can't think of the guy's name on, a body, a bait, whatever the guy's name is, but mm-hmm. he had him on and he was. And he he was absolutely precise. And I knew I'd seen it before. Mm. I'd mentioned it Friday when you weren't here. Mm. said, no, that was said. This was the allegation precisely Mm -hmm. that he 
told Comer, I do not have it. Yeah. And then he right. said, we know you have it. We've seen it. And then he admitted it. Yeah. Because you want to show, and this is where, this is where um, anyone, you know, whether Chris Christie, I mean, it was like, how bizarre. Oh, no, the FBI director said, not if you lied about, if you lied about that, why do you give him any benefit of the doubt? Right. But when you look at the Burisma thing, because you've got the 1023 and the Burisma, which shows the bribe. Mm-hmm. So you've got the 1023, which means you got the whistleblowers now. The FBI, Now, the, those are not the whistleblowers who will be testifying this week. These are the IRS whistleblowers. I hope we don't have get our whistleblowers confused like we have the allegations of bribery. <laughs> we so should many. give them all different <laughs> color whistles. Yes. <laughs> But this, the FBI whistleblowers are the FBI whistleblowers that said the 10, FD-1023 talks about the bribe. Well, now you see, I wonder if these all these emails that we have seen are the ones that the whistleblowers have seen that were all part of the investigation. Because you're about, you know as well as I do, Eric, if, if you're an investigator, you got an investigative mind, you see what they have on Baris from right now. You're salivating. Mm-hmm. You're sal. You're drooling because yeah. there. Yeah. You're ninety percent there. Because where else could it lead? Yeah. Where else could right. all of it lead? Right. Yeah, I mean because because you know at the minimum that he was paid the eighty three thousand to be on the board every month, and you see what they want, but. They talk about this as a contract that he wants with with um, with uh, uh, Hunter Biden and his group. Yeah, because remember, at the end of it now, he's already from what I know, he's already on the board at that time. He's already receiving money. So this is above and beyond a contract to provide specific services to them. And those services are what we're paying you because this is and Hunter says. Three days later, sign it. Yeah. This is a contract. This right. is a contract. You do this, we give you what? Right. Well, the FBI has to know. And was it five million? If you sign a contract and they and, and their Burisma is asking for the specifics, we want to know exactly what you're gonna do. Please lay out the quid pro quo. Oh <laughs> Would you please, Could please you lay out put what it the prize? Could you Oh, my gosh. Never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to F things up. That sticks. That's something that's a quote from from his former boss, Barack Obama. And the point being is that everything he touches turns to. Wow. Soup. You think about that email. That email comes into me. I'm. My response is, I don't know what you're talking about. Then he brags about getting the you know, prosecutor fired. But, I mean, Hunter, because Hunter I know. got yeah. that email. Yeah. I would have said, instead of saying, okay, we're going to go ahead with this, so sign it. Because he's yeah. telling them to sign it because then right. they got the deal. Now, I don't know what the money, the contract is for that. Is that is is that the $5 million for each? Because or because this was with his company, this yeah, was going yeah. to this was yeah. going to his company, mm-hmm. 
And so was that separate? Was it a separate side deal, the $5 million that's on the FD-1023? How does this all connect? That's, that's why I say we're 90% there because I still don't have the entire flow chart right. of, of, of where the money right. is. And is that what we're going to get this week? And is there more things that are written? But like I said, when I saw that yesterday, I went, well, this is as close to a smoking gun as we've been yeah. on anything. Yeah. And I can't believe that Hunter responded back, yeah, sign it. <laughs> we'll get everything done. <laughs> especially, wow. especially with what they claim they want. We want the high-ranking American officials to <laughs> convince the uh, – the high-ranking Ukrainian officials, the president, the you know basically their chief prosecutor, mm-hmm. you know, not to pursue the president of Burisma. And 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 Biden after that was bragging about getting yeah, the prosecutor exactly. fired. Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, Sound of uh, freedom. 85.5 million now. I'm looking at a story yeah. saying 83 million. Hmm. That's an, that that's a uh, that's old, <laughs> right? 85 yeah. million now, uh, and also a former Hollywood executive warns of an absolute collapse if a movie deal is not uh, done by September. And they're talking. I was reading. I think it was John Nolte last week in Breitbart talking about it could be till November. Go. Yeah. This could go months and right. months. Yeah. I. I had seen something where they're not even close. Yeah, not even close. And because and I, inevitably for the studios, they want it to be cheaper to make movies. But when you talk about you know the humans involved in writers and actors, you know that's where a lot of the big costs come in. Because if you're going to pay the big, you know, if you want the big box office. You got to pay the big bucks. Well, do we? Well, that's well. We've talked about a little about that last week. We'll talk more about that because where's the movie industry going? You know, they're building a in my the town right next to mine. They're building a huge studio mm-hmm. to do major movies mm-hmm. down here. Is it going to be a thing where movies are not going to come out of Hollywood anymore in in twenty years? Is oh, it, I can is, see that is it, is it yeah. going to be much more widespread? Will it be much more independent? Will the union influence on Hollywood disappear well, like you, it has for so many other things in the private sector? You, you've you seen it already, Hollywood's union influence and, and the cost of doing movies elsewhere versus doing them inside union areas. And they, you know, and they, that's been going on for years. If they're to the point where now you can produce... Because if you're going to be on location, if you're going to have locations anyway that are going to vary, then why not set up where it's going to save you some money? That's quite possible.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, this is really interesting. Yeah? What you got? As you and I just go a little bit going down memory lanes. I mean, just for a tad, we did uh, earlier in the show because uh, 18 years that we've been together. Mm -hmm. And here by the end of the month, it'll be 41 years for me in radio. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And uh, I think uh, officially first week of October 34 and talk. And I think about one of the first people that I, one of the first people that I read, because I remember starting it was after it was really after college where I started reading, you know, political books just to see where they where people were at that time. And politics was not the same back then as it is now. You right. didn't have social right. media. Mm-hmm. They didn't uh, have phones. They didn't have indoor plumbing. They didn't have a lot of things. I think you're thinking of my father. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a it's OK. It's. I'll give you that mistake. Yeah. Uh, but I remember one of the first political books I read was a Gary Hart book. Mm. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? <laughs> it didn't impress me. Yeah. Uh, the The first book that I political book that I read that really impressed me was uh, the the '60s Legacy to the Underclass, mm-hmm. which was written by uh, Myron Magnet. And if you looked at him. If you saw back then what he looked like, I still remember the picture on his book. He looked like a hippie. And you think, you know, okay, what's this guy about? Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very conservative. And he just, uh, th- this was, uh, I saw this in Real Clear Politics, uh, an essay that he has uh, re- recently written. I'm just going to read the first paragraph on it. Not that I want to delve into it, but I was just, I just saw it and just went, oh, this is interesting. The anti-racist racket. Mm. Now we know what the anti-racist movement is today. Yeah, It's a racist movement. Yeah. It's the opposite of what it sounds like. But he writes, he goes, beyond its falsity, there is no current idea so destructive as the fiction that America is systemically racist. He gets blunt, as we have. It harms black Americans by shrinking their horizon, horizons and stoking their resentment. Uh, It has fueled crime and disorder in our cities Mm. and by replacing our national faith uh, in the unique uh, excellence of our self-governing republic with the sense of its pervasive injustice and oppression, it makes us more vulnerable in a dangerous world. Confidence that we have a civilization worth defending is vital to our future. Mm. That's a great point right there. Yeah. I mean, just in that first paragraph, He says it all. And as we've always stated, one of the reasons, and we stated this early on about Colin Kaepernick. Remember, we get the calls. Oh, no, he's just concerned. No, he's not. He's a Marxist. And he wants to destroy all of America's institutions. And you start with the police. You start with law enforcement. Now, there's a difference. Because the left is trying to make the case that because... 
the Republicans are going after the FBI that they wish to defund the police. Mm. Understand the false argument that's being made there. Democrats said defund all the police because all police departments are systemically racist. Yeah. All. Right. Not one. Not no two. Right. They're all systemically racist, mm-hmm. and therefore you must we, we must defund the police. They weren't looking and saying, this police department and this police chief did something wrong. We need to rein them in. They didn't do that. No. What they said was, there are many police departments, thousands of police departments. They're all bad. Yep. Well, what about the police departments that are run? Or they're all racist. Well, what about the police departments that run in cities that are, uh, you know, have black mayors, majority black city councils, mm-hmm. black management, black police departments? Well, if you're a black police officer, you're not really black. You're blue. You right. remember that? Yeah. That idiotic statement that was made by many, many Democrats out there. The difference is when the Republicans are going after the FBI, it's because of the specific management over the last six, seven years, six, seven, eight years. Mm. uh, Or maybe if you want to go back the last decade of the FBI, it's one organization, one law enforcement organization and All of the focus has been on management and particularly the top management of both the FBI and the Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. And it's about specific wrongdoings. Yep. Not one agent doing something wrong that has not yet been interpreted or fully investigated and jumping to conclusions before the evidence is in, but longstanding political biases that have led into decisions that are obviously showing that we have a two-tier level of of law enforcement at the federal level, that there are many instances of it led by many of the same people or the same party. That's a whole different than saying that thousands of police department all fit into a particular category. Yeah, it's a, and I saw that over the weekend. Some of the people, you know, criticizing. See, the the right wants to, you know, defund police. The right wants to, is anti police. Nope, anti corruption. Yep, and it starts at the top. It is a culture now at the FBI that has been demonstrated and defined repeatedly at the top of the FBI. And there is really no way to debate it when you look at the facts. Christopher Ray included. Mm-hmm. And this kind of behavior cannot be tolerated. Because for those on the left that are screaming and, uh, and pointing to the right over this whole thing, you need to understand that if it happens in one direction, it can happen in both. And it will only be a matter of time before it's the culture, it, it remains, and it doesn't matter. There's going to be a political motivation in either direction, and it will affect 
your side. If you think they won't come after you, you're sadly mistaken. They have proven time and time again the will to go after the biggest. And I don't think you can find any Republican out there that would justify the illegal actions of any police officer. No, no. Just because, the opposite. Because it, is, it, it is that imperative happened, that right. you, you, you find them, any bad officer, those wrongdoings must be punished. You, you absolutely need to find them and root them out as soon as possible yep. because you need to defend the integrity of each and every enforcement department in America. But due process under the law also applies yep. to police officers. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, do they do most uh, Americans hold police officers to a higher standard? Yes, mm-hmm. they they do. But that doesn't take away from the fact that police officers should still go through due process like anybody else out there. And the fact is what was going on was you had, as we have talked about before, millions upon millions of police encounters every year. Mm with maybe five uh, incidents that could not be rectified upon first, you know, viewing what happened. Mm -hmm. And then the left immediately jumping to the conclusion that the police must be guilty without the evidence being in yet, and then taking that and extrapolating it out and stating that all police departments are systemically racist based on those few incidences of, as we have talked about, uh, tens of millions of actual physical police co- encounters and a quarter of a billion 911 calls each and every year. Mm-hmm. And we said that's a little bit different than looking at an FBI that has a culture of a a top management that believes that they can do things that are wrong. Right. And if you don't see the difference, well, then... You're just a partisan, and I'm not a partisan when it comes to law enforcement. I want law enforcement to look for the crime and go after the criminal. I don't believe that what happened to Trump, allegations are made, the opposition sets him up, creates a lie, uh, and then sells that lie to the media and law enforcement to go after their political enemies that that when that happens and when you know the FBI knows about it and doesn't do the right thing and law enforcement at the federal level that has so much more power than any police department has out there with the ability to get secret warrants that they are held to a much higher standard. And when you see that happen, as you saw, where the they they knew what was going on, and now that we know, we you know now that we know that the uh, intelligence agencies warned them that hey, Hillary's going to attempt to set up Trump, and they all knew it. Comey knew it, Biden knew it. They all knew it. Mm-hmm. They all went along with it. Mm-hmm. Let's investigate. Okay, we all know Hillary's going to do this. Oh, okay, here come the allegations. All right, let's see if Hillary has something to do with it. No, let's investigate Trump. Even yeah. though you were warned that Hillary right. was going to do it. We don't like that kind of rot inside of federal law enforcement. No. We don't like 
There is, I don't know of any reason unless there is there is probable cause of actual domestic terrorism for the FBI to be sitting outside a high school for a meeting with parents because of the school's teaching critical race theory, basically teaching a racist theory or saying that biological science doesn't matter and parents getting upset, especially when a sexual assault is hidden that started in, as we know, Loudon, that started the whole thing, that the FBI should be in there taking license plates of parents. Yeah. It's not the FBI's purview. It's not their responsibility. No, it isn't. They're not supposed to be there. No. and They're not supposed to be communicating with uh, board uh, national board of education groups that are calling parents domestic terrorists generally when there's no evidence to back that up at all. And the, you know, the political uh, uh, weaponization of the FBI, again, has become a culture at the FBI with the brass. It is it is what is done. It's how it's done. And and I, I truly believe part of it is is driven by the fact that they thought the left thought they had won it forever. And so that culture, we go back to the whole IRS thing with the Tea Party yeah. and Lois Lerner. It was a culture. Remember, they came out and said, oh, it was two rogue agents in Cleveland. No, it wasn't. It was a culture. And the, the culture is defined not just by the top. It's defined by who the left is collectively as a group. Even if they're not participating directly in that kind of behavior, they're accepting of it. And it's, it's, the, it's the environment that they've gone through, yep. which tells them it's okay to do they're this because okay with this doing. is what we do. Yep. Yeah. In case, you know. Vice President Harris doesn't understand what culture is. So yes, we, right. We figure we throw the environment that you are used to, and therefore you react mm-hmm. to what your environment is. Right. And if your environment says something is okay, then you go do it. Exactly. In fact, you nurture that culture over and over again through that same type of behavior. Right. And that's exactly what they have done repeatedly for years. And then they're shocked. Well, how dare you? No, I dare all day long. 86690 Red Eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Once a roadside inspection is completed, the officer will close it out, which involves the officer writing or typing up the report. The more the officer found during the inspection, the longer this will take. If violations were discovered, most officers, as a courtesy, will explain the violations to the driver. If there were any out-of-service violations, the officer will normally explain what must be done to get the out-of-service order lifted. Drivers need to be very attentive during this part of the inspection. The driver also needs to read and understand the complete inspection report. After receiving the inspection report, the driver has 24 hours to get the roadside inspection report to the motor carrier. If the driver will not be returning to a company facility within the next 24 hours, The driver needs to know to get it on the way to you via email, 
mail, or fax within 24 hours. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, the Sound of Freedom has now made $85.5 million. I did not know that the movie was actually done by the mm. end of 2018. Mm. Uh, a distribution deal was made. Uh, with the Latin American subsidiary of 20th Century Fox. However, when the studio was purchased by Walt Disney, it shelved the film. Hmm. Uh, after Disney acquired Fox, the filmmakers bought the distribution rights back from the studio. Um, yeah. hmm. and But it took that long to get it out. Wow. You know, that's five years to get it out. Uh, that's interesting because Emilio Estevez was just recently in recent months able to get the distribution rights for the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they re-released it uh, for a day for, for one, I think it was one day in one theaters. Day. Yeah. And uh, and and then, you know, are giving that film new life, which, by the way, is a great movie. It's a great. It's one of my favorite films. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you look at this, and the reaction to this movie, "Sound of Freedom," is just incredible. The fact that it's number two at the box office and gaining. There's the there's the thing, is that inevitably, movies tend to, they may keep the placement like a big movie like Mission Impossible, uh, the number one box office movie this weekend, uh, might be number one for a few weeks or whatever. But typically movies after the first or second week, then they, they start to really lose a lot of steam. And this one seems to be gaining steam. I know there's more theaters. I think it has uh, more theaters that are showing it. But Sound of Freedom is I there's no way it's not going to make over a hundred million. It will. Well they've increased the number of they've tripled the number of theaters yeah. now carrying it. Mm -hmm. You have to wonder what is what in the world was the reaction on the left to it. I mean it's just it's, why why would you this is not because to me this isn't a left or right thing. No. It's just bizarre that there's been that this movie is controversial in any way. Just weird.
giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara <laughs> on Red Eye Radio. I don't know about that. <laughs> so $14.5 million is, uh, is what the movie cost. Right. Yeah. Sound of Freedom. So mm-hmm. 85.5. Certainly now, uh, over the next couple of weeks, uh, and by the way, it went up the second week. Yeah, and and a lot more theaters now, and doing pretty well. Eight, uh, like like eight thousand. Second, I think in uh, in uh, a gross per theater. Right. You know the amount yeah. they raise per per theater. Right. Uh, and so that, from what I can see, that's going to. I want to go see it. Yeah. Uh, and so I definitely want to see it. So uh, don't know if I'm going to get a chance. Uh, I always say that about. <laughs> I haven't seen John Wick four. Yeah, um, for, for me, not. Then again, I haven't seen any of the John Wicks in the movie theater. I waited till they all. Yeah, I saw John Wick three in a theater. Uh, I would, you know, it, it is one of those that I could also see people going back and maybe taking someone that hasn't seen it. Sound of Freedom. Um, yeah. it, it is one of those movies where the, the story being told is incredibly important. It is incredibly relevant. And, and also, I, I would say uh, the critical in its timing, because this is still going on today. That that the issues of, of trafficking have been, I won't say ignored, but too many eyes have turned away from it for far too long. And it is something that well, I think is critical in its re- time. Remember the story here locally. Remember the one girl at, at the Mavericks game? Yeah, disappeared, disappeared and was found, and she was kidnapped yep. by traffickers. Yep. And you think about that. Here is uh, an adolescent girl. At an NBA game. Goes to an NBA game with her family. Her family. Yep. Disappears. And disappears. She makes a trip to the to the restroom, and then she's gone. And thank goodness authorities found her, but not before human traffickers found her. And this is something... That has been going on uh, for a long time. I've um, interviewed a couple of times uh, the uh, the leaders of an organization called Truckers Against Trafficking, and it's something where the organization focuses on because truckers travel so much and they're uh, you know all over the place and they can be the eyes. And there's a very intense certification training program that goes into that, that, that teaches you what to go through, uh, uh, you know, or, or when you go through it, what to do in the event that you see something. And there are real stories of children being rescued as a result of that training, as a result of what that organization and other organizations like it are doing. And it's, bizarre to me that this movie could be controversial well and the other thing too because i you know when i hear 
uh, faith-based movies, for example. Mm-hmm. And when I hear that that term, mm-hmm. I wonder how it's viewed by many people because I understand what you I mean. What isn't you know, a lot of things are based on 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 faith, mm-hmm. but when you say faith-based, it's almost the belief that you're going to be lectured, right? With you yeah. know, with with the scripture or whatever. Right. right. From what I can see. There is a anti-child trafficking. Uh, if you want to say that that's faith-based, then all law enforcement is faith-based because it's about morality. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people actually view it that way. Right. Uh, right. You had mentioned earlier uh, the movie The Way, which was viewed, and you know, and and uh, they went to churches and sold it. You know, they remember they uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, I got mind blank. Emilio Estevez and his, and, his, mm-hmm. and his father, mm-hmm. they actually did a bus tour to church, churches. Yeah. But if you watch that movie, the movie is not about, you know, it, it's not about you adhering to anything. No, it's you stories know, being told, the character stories being told. Stories, yeah, the stories are being told. There mm-hmm. is there a, a faith-based concept to it? Yes. Is it attempting to indoctrinate you at all? No. 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 What 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 you get is a tremendous one of the best one of the best films ever written with great character development about how different people truly relate to each other that they're all flawed. Yeah. I mean they're all completely flawed people and it's about finding themselves and fi- trying to be better each each and every day and not necessarily you know, I don't think any of them really are driven initially by any type of religion. Mm-hmm. Religion has a positive impact on them. I don't think by the end of the movie you would say that any of them have been converted to a particular faith at all, would you? No. 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 But it's but it's a wonder but they sold it as a faith based movie. I'm not gonna go see that it's a religious movie. It's one of the best movies. The way is one of the best movies. Probably it's a great movie. Funny thing is, when I say go, it's the best thing Martin Sheen's ever did. And he's, I saw years later, he said the same thing. He goes, no, it's the best film I ever did. Like, no, yeah. Over Apocalypse Now, it's like yeah. not even, you know, not even close. And yeah. and uh, and you you see it, and it's so, it's so inspirational. And I will say this, that, and you, you've seen the movie, mm-hmm. the hotel scene. Yeah, yeah. And when they all end up, I don't want to give, well, I'm not really giving too much, but when they all end up, because I'm not giving away like a secret of anything happening, Mm -hmm. but when they all gather together Mm -hmm. and they all end up being in the same room again, Mm -hmm. you know, even though they're in separate rooms, they all end up coming together. There's that thing that has drawn them, you know, it's demonstration of the bond that was created along the way. Yes. And it is, I think, uh, it's. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen in character development. Yes. That could easily, if not portrayed and directed correctly, could have easily been a very slow-moving movie. Yeah, you're right. If, If it hadn't been written, directed, and portrayed by the actors the way that it was... I could have seen that going a very different way, uh, and that would have been a very slow-moving movie. But it was the stories 
and the character development and the direction and everything. And I think the scenery, too. Oh, um, yeah. In, yeah. In, in how it was in the writing, in, in, in how it all came together. Oh, the cinematography is yeah. great. It, yeah. it was, it, I, I thought it was so well done. And and it's a pleasant movie. That's 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 the thing is that if you're reading into it wrong, well, I'm you know that's it's uh, it, it's going to be one of these preachy movies. It's anything but that, actually, because you understand by the end of it, you know, all of the the characters come together and you their strengths, their weaknesses, their faults, and everything is included. And it's just very well done. I think very well done. Um, I'm I'm really anxious to see Sound of Freedom. It, it's not going to be pleasant because I've already seen the descriptions of it. It's not one of those movies where you, you know, it's a feel-good movie. I think the the feeling that you take away from it quite possibly could be one of inspiration in that it inspires you to be more aware and maybe even more active in, in the fight against trafficking. And, and that's a positive. That is a good, it's not what they would call a feel good movie, but that certainly is a very positive uh, yes. outcome for, for society. You know, one thing I've always thought about and, and nobody has ever had the, uh, I've never, never talked to anybody about it but uh i've always thought the 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 one connection the one movie that made me uh when i after i saw the way you know what i thought of mm. said it's because it's those are four people searching for something it actually reminded me of what i believe is bill murray's best movie that was viewed as a complete bomb mm. and he uh told the studio he would only do Ghostbusters if they allowed him to do this movie. And it was viewed as a bomb. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, The Razor's Edge. Mm-hmm. Just love that movie. Mm-hmm. Now, it gets a little bit more maybe into dialogue or whatever, but I watched that movie the first time and I loved it. And he was searching for, he was, you know, after, you know, being basically in seeing the destruction of World War One, he was just on mm-hmm. a search for something. Mm-hmm. You know, he was searching. He, he just basically walked a significant went around to certain parts of the world i don't want to give it all if you've never seen it but 1980 i think it was 84 mm. was the uh the razor's edge when it came out and he only agreed he wanted to do the movie mm-hmm. and a lot of people he's not he was fantastic in that movie mm-hmm. absolutely i think it's the best thing that he's ever done and he's done some really great things what was when he did a couple of years ago saint something Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that was a, that was a yeah. pretty good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie too. But uh, he's always Bill Murray. I thought you know everybody viewed him as comedy. But even if you see him early on, you see him in the what was the camp movie? Mm. Oh, his first movie that he did. Oh come on. Oh, oh the uh, the summer camp movie. The summer camp movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's still in that movie though. He still showed a great vulnerability. Yeah. The relationship with the kid. Well, I, I've and always I'm, said that the the best comedians are, or I would say this, the some of my favorite comedians. Meatballs. Meatballs, yes. Yeah. Uh, some of my favorite comedians, you can see the vulnerability in them. Yeah. Um, Richard Pryor, John Candy, Bill Murray. Yeah. 
you see the vulnerability Chris in their, Farley. In Chris Farley in their eyes. Yeah. You see that that vulnerability that really is even it, it's much more effective than self-deprecating humor because it tells a real truth about the person that they are. And when they can use that, if they're acting in a movie, it comes across in, in a way that only the eyes can, can show. I, I You could see that in these comedians, whether they were on stage doing stand-up or, or doing a bit on SNL or uh, in an interview. But when they portray that, when they can use that in a movie, then they mm-hmm. clearly understand that that's part of them that's coming through. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, that's what you see in a, in a Bill Murray and, and many of those, you know, Tim roles. Chris the, Farley and Tommy year. Boy, whoever oh, thought you could man. have a moment after his father died, remember after yeah. the funeral? Yeah. And he's walking down the road alone? Yeah. And you feel like well, it reminds you're, you're sitting the, there, you're dying laughing at the stupid slapstick comedy, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> Brian Dennehy died. It's, <laughs> it's really, you know, it's it's uh, similar to what you felt for John Candy after, uh, at the end of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, yes. You know? It, oh. It's that, it, it's, okay, here was this guy oh. who really, really leaves a big wake everywhere he goes because of his huge personality. And then all of a sudden, when it you know when it tones down toward the end, and and he's that you know very human person, and in that situation, I mean, it it's just changes the changes the emotion. The other thing I thought of because you know Caviezel, you know, in um, Passion of Christ was just great. Oh yeah, but yeah. that's such a unique role. So you could sit there and say, well, yeah, that's right. a unique role. Right. But uh, I you know then he was in a few other movies. The one with Arnold Schwarzenegger was was evil, and I went. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's got some range. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw him in the, for me, it was showing the different way of acting was the Bobby Jones story, the mm-hmm. golfer Bobby Jones. Yeah. So I all of a sudden went, he's a really good actor. I'd like to go see more of what he did. So I probably would have seen this anyway without the hype, or I would have watched it or bought it on TV later on. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm this one I may want to go see in the big screen, but he's mm-hmm. a great actor. And you just wonder why you, I wonder what the real reason was for Disney shelving it for so long. No, that's a good question. I, no. I, I hear. I know what everybody's saying. Uh, okay, because they don't want to show anything that's anti-child trafficking right. because of their stance. And, and I don't know if that's the case I, or not. With not sure, yeah. but it, it also could be that the movies that are so hard emotionally on on an audience, and they say the first forty forty five minutes are brutal. Maybe they see that and it. They think it's not going to have a life. You know. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. You just wonder how long, now that the writers uh, and the actors are on strike, what's going to happen? How long will the strike go on? And will anybody notice? Yeah, that's the question.
is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.